deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffin's dream. Hello everyone and welcome to the Shriekcast. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I am your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, she's still all gone. She's still missing. I know. I think she got norted. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I can't escape it now. <laughs> J.K. Rowling has been norted. I can't believe this could happen. This is so fucked up. J.K. Rowling has been norted. She has not been posting. Um, I'm starting to get a little like, okay, here's the thing. I'm going to feel kind of bad if uh, like in a week from now, we're going to get headlines that are like, uh jk rowling fell out of a treehouse and died this week and and that's why she hasn't been posting um but i think the real answer is probably related to our news so i i'll hold off on on not making fun of her not posting for now i think yeah yeah well i mean it's possible that she's you know we found out that she's a gamer maybe she's playing kingdom hearts 3 maybe she's been literally norted oh maybe that's a good point yeah she's so excited she's like finally it's been 13 years uh uh, harry potter wasn't even done as a series i don't think when kingdom hearts 2 came out so so you know yeah i think she's probably regretting going with uh warner brothers to uh produce the movies (laughs) because she'd gone with disney it's like sora visit harry potter world oh my god could you fucking imagine if kingdom hearts had a harry potter world in it well it it would be fantastic beasts world 100 percent. it would it it would be it would be new york oh god Uh, it would be it would be it would be newt scamander saying hello (laughs) hello sora uh can you help me find niffler uh i don't know why i turned to hagrid there for a second but uh but yeah it would it would be fantastic beast world johnny depp would be there oh yeah Um, there'd be a joke in there about how they'd be like hey didn't we see you in the pirates of the caribbean world too oh that would be so funny so so that's fucked up oh (laughs) except i know why uh what would happen is uh it actually would not be in the game because jk rowling would demand that there would be a train that would take you from the harry potter world to the other worlds and 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 disney would disney said no disney said no disney said no well I'm just going to get right into our news here because speaking of studios saying no, uh-huh. um, the Fantastic Beasts 3 production has been pushed back. Ooh, I wonder which, why that could be. Yeah, like, I mean, there are multiple reasons not pertaining to the quality and reception of the second movie that could factor in here. I mean, like, like, you know, organizing a movie is a big is a big deal actors have scheduling you know conflicts uh uh you know maybe maybe johnny depp is busy filming a a a corn chip commercial and they're like sorry uh he can't he can't be grindelwald until until june um or something i i'm pretty sure this is a direct a, a direct uh response to 
to the reaction to the, the second film. Yeah, we the only info we have is that it's been pushed back, right? There hasn't been any other. Yeah, yeah. I'll read. The, I'll read the the scoop here because I guess this was actually like this hasn't been like announced or anything. This was a deadline posted exclusive. It has come to our understanding that Warner Bros is pushing back the production. Uh, of the third Fantastic Beasts film. Originally, the J.K. Rowling scripted movie was going to start before, or excuse me, was going to go before the cameras in July, and now it's looking like late autumn. It boils down to more prep time for the third movie. The Fantastic Beasts production team... Oh, this is... Okay, I I need to read this sentence because I feel like in their... Maybe I'm missing something here, but I feel like in their uh, uh, rush to get this scoop out, they kind of wrote a weird paragraph here. The Fantastic Beasts production team literally delivered the last movie, Crimes of Grindelwald, which made close to $650 million at the worldwide box office, and more production time is needed for the threequel. Literally, Fantastic Beasts 3 would need to be in soft prep by now to roll cameras in the summer. Actors are being alerted about the push in production to order the change uh, their working schedules. So, like... The second part there makes sense, but I'm not sure what the literally delivered the last movie thing is talking about there. Yeah, yeah, I'm not quite clear on that. Um, I'm also very confused about the movie schedules because I'm I'm trying to fit in where the script would have to be finished to to make a like to make their original schedule. Like, she, has she written the third one already? Well, she, what... I mean, she claimed to have, remember? Remember in that, like, um, weirdly enough, in that video with Tessa Netting and Cherry Wallace, she was talking about how she had, like, five binders behind her that was all the movies already. <laughs> oh. Remember that thing? Yeah, um, yeah, sort of. Uh, so she claims to have uh, written all three, but also she's been tweeting previously about, like, You'd think that I'd know how to spell Rio de Janeiro now, but I don't, and and stuff like that. So um, I'm sure she's still working on it. But this, this to me, really smacks of like a big change was made somewhere. Yeah, right? yeah. Do you? I, I I don't really have much context about this. I don't really know what goes into into movie making. It's right. it's not really like my interest, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that there's a chance that this could? uh be a precursor to an announcement that they are uh turning it into a trilogy instead of a five movie uh whatever it yeah i mean it really could be anything so like um yeah if 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 they if they were were hoping to to just clamp down on the quality a bit and be like okay we need to give your script a pass before we um uh, uh start production this time and like maybe they demanded some changes it could be minor it could be like like we're still doing five but like we're taking extra care on three here because who boy um I, without any more it could also be nothing right it could be literally it, right, nothing it, it, at it could, all it, it, it could it could be that like eddie redmayne had the flu right like, sure. like and and just and just wasn't ready and like had to move his schedule around but the thing that makes it suspicious to me is like um these movies are typically on a fairly tight production schedule because they come out like for like they they are in the can and ready to go for a holiday season right like sure yeah the 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 fantastic beast movies the harry potter movies um have always aimed for like either chris like uh thanksgiving and christmas or they have aimed for um uh summer summer blockbuster right and and yeah 
and moving your production schedule into late August means that like that could like like that could really affect you know unless they really like hammer it out quickly like could make it miss like both of those potentially like to or at least to like fit on the like every two years schedule thing right like yeah like that'll be really interesting to see i um i hate to talk about crimes of grindelwald again but um <laughs> <laughs> i i feel like that movie as much of a train wreck as it was never felt like a movie that was rushed right, right. like i i was like yeah they they really they really did it with this one. I would say there were like nice looking shots and, and some interesting like visual design and like all of the creatures were pretty well done. And, right. and interesting. the problem was the script was extremely bad. Um, well, right. Like, like see, see to me, when I think about movies that are clearly rushed and they're long, long like sh- short production schedules. And like, I don't even mean this to be like scathing. I just think this is like a fact of the matter with these movies, but like Marvel movies, right? Like, yeah, they, yeah, they, they make, make like 20 of them every month. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're making like three of them a year. The CGI is clearly like, you know, lower, lower fidelity than like a movie that has been in a pipeline for a long time uh whereas fantastic beasts like as bad as it was definitely like looked like a spectacle right like it was a a a big impressive well animated like well put together movie it's just a bad a fundamentally bad film right um so yeah i i I, zero proof zero evidence but like i i would bet cold hard cash that this is script related um mm-hmm. and 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 you know maybe jk has been off of twitter because she's busy you know hammering out some rewrites or arguing with her uh handlers about not having co-writers i mean like that's the thing right like like more than anything else in our discussions about grindelwald i i think it's plain that these movies need a co-writer or something right like someone who has written a damn movie script before that isn't a novelist, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I would think so. And, and, you know, I, I'll rag on studios all day long and, and don't even necessarily think that, I mean, like I, bad movies come out all the time, Yeah, uh, but they know, you know, like, the, like it's, like, yeah. they, they saw crimes of Grindelwald. They know, uh-huh. you know, and, and you know that they are having those discussions, like totally like a worth proposition, like mm-hmm. and so i i wouldn't be surprised if if they're maybe kind of uh flexing a little bit more of their power at jk rowling when i feel like in the past like i, I feel like she's been given such like weird deference and mm-hmm. and and creative control and i'm wondering if there's kind of a, a power struggle happening right now yeah because she's been such a golden goose previously and i think that the fantastic beast is really her first major stumble right like yeah a lot of the fan base doesn't like Cursed Child, but it fucking rakes in money. Like it is like the most successful Broadway play of all time or something like like it's 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 making a lot of goddamn money. Um, So, you know, she kind of gets what she wants, but like. It, yeah. And she also managed to skate out of that just because she didn't write that. Right. Like, yeah. She put she her was... name on it. She said, OK, this is fine. This is good. Like I approve that this is canon but she didn't write cursed child no no 
I, I think she like contributed notes or something, but yeah, she she's she her probably name contributed is not lore. Good. I think she only knows how to write lore now. <laughs> yeah, she's <laughs> she's like she's a, as far as Harry Potter is concerned, now. it's just it's just like weird lore because Grindelwald was just lore the movie. That's all it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's also the did you did you see this like. Because it was kind of funny because it wasn't even like a new tweet or a new joke, but like the format, the the joke format of like me says nothing like J.K. Rowling, Hermione was was gay or whatever, like like that, mm-hmm. that took off like this past yeah. week. Um, oh, yeah. And there were some very funny ones. Uh, uh, but I just kind of wonder if she's like lying low because like you just log in and like the 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 current meme right now is just dunking on your last movie and 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 like the pottermore thing like i can yeah, see yeah i mean we, we just... know she name searches god she we, she absolutely like, ob- is like obviously <laughs> top tier name searcher uh and she gets into it so so maybe there's just a combination of things happening there but yeah like uh, yeah uh yeah there's no 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 more details yet but i'm very fascinated by this 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 just seems big right like normally with these big trilogies you don't you don't see movies making moves that will like make them miss the like holiday seasons right like that's just kind of unprecedented um yeah where if, where does this put that movie coming out i guess they could they can wait until summer, you, or, like summer uh, that would be what schedule I, yeah, I imagine that because they're pushing it back like a few months. So if if they are adhering to like, OK, we're going to hit summer, that actually ends up giving them extra time, I think. Like they would have like a few extra months of polish time to get it out for summer if they started in August and like we're on the two year schedule. Uh, like, you know, <laughs> a, a few months of shooting and then a bunch of, um, you know, uh, post-production and marketing and stuff so yeah it's 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 pretty interesting i really am curious now what a third movie in this series looks like because like like the first wasn't great at all but i wouldn't say it was anywhere near as bad as the second one and i just don't think anyone's super excited for for this series anymore i think well- why are there supposed to be five? I, I was thinking about this because one of the biggest like defenses of Crimes of Grindelwald uh, that addresses nothing is that Crimes of Grindelwald is like Empire Strikes Back, right? right. Like it's mm-hmm. it's the dark middle chapter. Uh, like it's not it doesn't necessarily make sense now, but it's going to make sense. I have a hard time fitting that into a structure of a five part five series. act. <laughs> the right? dark like, second like, chapter. Okay, yeah. okay, if if the second chapter is Empire Strikes Back, like what is the third one gonna be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, you don't really get that. that. Yeah, that's not like a common structure, I guess, for like like to to me what that says is less that like she had a plan for five you know she she claims she does but but rather like they were kind of banking that this would snowball into like their marvel right like like they could just very very stupid (laughs) 
<laughs> but like, but you just, you can see what I'm saying though, right? Like they, they're helping like, yeah, oh, we've yeah. got five planned, but like, we're just going to start cranking out wizarding world shit. Cause everyone loves Harry Potter. Like I, I'm sure that was the idea originally. Right. Uh, I mean, we, we, I mean the, the entire marketing arm doing that big reveal of the wizarding world. Oh, like, that's logo right. And all of that, like that, oh, that is clearly I the about case. That. Um, but this does make me want to talk about something that I don't think we've talked about because this is new to me, mm-hmm. um, and it's the Cursed Child movie rumor. Yes, I, yes. I, I, I am the the reason that I encountered this was literally scrolling down in that article about about mm-hmm. the Fantastic Beasts production delay. I had not mm-hmm. heard this and was a little bit shocked to encounter a Harry Potter rumor that I hadn't heard about, which mm-hmm. was that people were saying that they were making they that Warner Brothers wanted to make a three-part Cursed Child movie. Right? Like a Cursed I Child trilogy. It. Yeah. Um I saw one person saying that like the concept was uh, Cursed Child would be like the Force Awakens of Harry Potter. And they wanted to like bring back Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson, and Rupert Grint to play mm-hmm. their characters again with like a new cast of, of protagonists that would be like new actors and stuff to kind of pioneer Harry Potter like into, into this new trilogy. Um, but, but the reason it came up is because someone was like, oh, yeah, they're going to turn Fantastic Beasts into a trilogy because they're going to want to start work on Cursed Child since, since Fantastic Beasts is falling flat. Um, J.K. Rowling has quashed this rumor, right? She has said that they're not doing that, that it's so just that, a rumor. Yeah. So that was <laughs> so 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 here is kind of like I was vaguely aware of the rumor the like cursed child was going to be made into a movie and that jk rowling had like denied it um and i i i think both things are true (laughs) right Mm -hmm. like oh yeah yeah I think that um, I think that uh, one of course, no, like no shit, Warner Brothers wants to turn Cursed Child into a movie because that play makes money hand over fist, um, and it would bring back Daniel Radcliffe and like all the popular actors. It, it like there is no way it would not be like the biggest movie of that year, right? Like yeah, like, just just a surefire hit. It could be a co- total turd it would it would just it would make a mint um i also believe that jk rowling said no uh and i think i think she even said <laughs> no. i think i like i think i think that might have even been like a twitter thing right where someone like added her like joe make a cursed child movie and she just said no or you know like like i, I yeah, can imagine yeah. that would that being a thing however i think that like maybe this this rumor had been dormant for a while but i i bet that conversation is back because i bet jk rowling's power to say no to the powers that be at wb has severely (laughs) been hobbled right like i would think so yeah i I mean she can always kind of you know take her ball and go home it seems like Mm -hmm. uh but maybe she's not as willing to do that as uh, as she has kind of led people to believe yeah uh, yeah, I, I, because I don't know, I don't know where she goes if not W, because Warner Brothers is basically the only game in town for like that level of blockbuster, other than like Disney. Yeah, she like, goes to Disney, and then it's fucking Harry Potter World in Kingdom Hearts Four. <laughs> yeah, um, 
I, I, I just don't know what like the rights look like then because because then then you get into the weird shit of like okay so if, if jk rowling leaves and starts making new stuff for disney um is it going to be like the weird shit where like you know sony can make uh x-men and venom movies but no one can say spider-man in them you know yes, like there's yes. weird shit like, so it's gonna be like like okay so now now she can make like harry potter disney movies but no one can reference fantastic Be like there's just so many weird ways that could that could shake out if it's not like a completely clean split um yeah yeah, you uh, cannot. Newt Scamander is scrubbed from the lore. <laughs> Good. Um, <laughs> yeah, that that's a really fascinating thing to think about. Um, but yeah, I, I I would say that like I think I think both things can be true. I bet that the rumor has been quashed, but also they might be back in talks about making Cursed Child into a movie. Yeah, it why just seems... wouldn't they want to? And, and there's such yeah. like a weird. It has that that appeal that like Broadway does like there are probably a lot of people that really wanted to see the Broadway play and just couldn't right like those people mm-hmm. are gonna go see the movie I would yeah. go see I mean I have to but yeah. we, 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 it's it, our it's know, our duty outside outside of that like if I if I'm putting myself in a parallel universe where I did not start this podcast and was about the level of like Harry Potter engaged that I was mm-hmm. I I did not see Fantastic Beasts in the theater, the first one, when it came out. Mm-hmm, I would mm-hmm. probably be more likely to go see Cursed Child. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I guess it's like, it's something that is not written by J.K. Rowling. Um, and there is that kind of like, that mystique of like this play that has made so much money and I have no access to. Yeah, yeah. It's the, yeah, plays are are difficult to access for a lot of people. You can bet that when hamilton becomes a movie it will make a jillion billion dollars as well right like 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 this yeah yeah i guess a cursed child isn't a musical but like uh, plays to movies like i feel like they burnt out on them and they're slowly coming back right Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. like that that stuff is starting to kind of come back around again on the on the cycle so we'll see i guess i'm (laughs) At this point, honestly, I'm just curious to see, like, what is J.K. Rowling's first tweet going to be coming back? Like, is she just going to, like, quote tweet a snarky Brexit thing? Like, nothing yes, happens? it's going to be so boring. Probably. Or or is it going to be, is it going to be a fucking, like, like, announcement video for, like, the Wizarding World is becoming a trilogy uh, or something weird? Like, like I just can't can't wait to to find out what happens there yeah i i can't uh, i can't can't imagine this turning into a three movie thing but i also can't imagine watching five of these movies that's so many (laughs) you don't want to watch i mean like i don't think either of us want to watch five of these fuck like like jesus what if there was only one more left that sounds way better that sounds beautiful and then we have a whole new whole new like mystery bullshit thing to wait for that'd be great um yeah i i don't know um but speaking of mystery bullshit Mm -hmm. we did some reading this week oh yeah we did didn't we we did do some reading just i guess i'll i guess i'll tell about our reading uh it's kind of a long one 
it's a, a long very, read very long like we only did one chapter but it sure felt like two honestly yeah the, yeah the only reason that i picked picked the one the one chapter is because uh, i figured that post maze i was like okay well we can look at all that like voldemort solving the mystery crap but i was worried we were going to be a little light this week but it it did feel like two chapters um, yeah it was it was a hefty one yeah so i'll just start right into it this is uh chapter 31 called the third task um i guess this chapter is kind of split into like two parts and yeah. the first part is that we kind of like go around with harry throughout the days before the, the lead up to the third task and we are, are getting back into it where harry is basically telling ron and hermione everything that he saw in the pensive which if you remember from last week were three flashback courtroom scenes <laughs> um, and they and they kind of talk about that so we get to hear more about that um Harry thinks to himself and to us, the reader, about how he didn't tell Her Hermione and Ron about Neville's parents and, and kind of uh, like has this uh, somewhat unique moment of introspection where he uh, is kind of stealing himself for being really mad at Voldemort. He's like, this is it's like my parents are dead. Neville's are tortured and, and insane. And this is all Voldemort's fault. I hate him. Uh, we have Hermione and Ron kind of helping Harry learn a new spell called the Impediment Curse, uh, which kind of like freezes some someone in place, I suppose. Uh, Hermione and Ron are taking exams, but Harry is exempt from them because he is in the tournament. As they're practicing the Impediment Curse, they, they look out of a window and see Draco out on the grounds. And it looks like he's kind of talking to something that's in his cupped hands. Harry thinks it looks like he's talking into a walkie-talkie, but Hermione reminds us that that wouldn't work on, on Hogwarts grounds. Sirius has been sending frequent letters kind of in the lead up to the third task. Most of which are are the message to you know Harry to not worry about the Marty Crouch stuff. Don't worry about what you saw in the pensive. Like just focus on surviving the third task, and then they'll figure it out later. Uh, I think it's like breakfast time, and there's another article in the paper that Rita Skeeter has written, and it's about how Harry collapsed in divination, and. It's like a it's a very inflammatory piece about how he's probably mentally unstable and and is possibly violent and dangerous and crazy and mentally disturbed and all this. Hermione kind of wonders, like, again, it's it's the same thing, like, uh, how did she know about that? Um, but is it it's I think at this moment where Hermione has like a moment of peace where she puts it all together and doesn't tell us and she runs off to like figure it out um off screen um it's the day of the third task and harry is summoned to the great hall by professor mcgonagall uh, she says that you know as is tradition uh families show up to to watch the third task and harry was like well the dursleys aren't going to show up but once he gets to the great hall um molly weasley and bill weasley are there to watch um and he's he's very uh, happy about that. Uh, he also has kind of a little run-in with uh, Cedric's dad, who is kind of needling him and being like, oh, I bet you don't feel so hot now that Cedric is tied with you in points, like, and Cedric's going to beat you again. Uh, we also get some information from Molly Weasley because uh, Harry asks her how Percy is doing, and, and Molly says, you know, not good. He's being kind of questioned by the ministry. 
uh, about Crouch's disappearance and the letters that Crouch had been sending him with with work instructions. They they are suspecting they could have been fraudulent, and so so he's kind of under a lot of pressure at work. Uh, it's the evening feast before the task, and uh, Cornelius Fudge is there, and he's standing in for Crouch as a judge. Um, Harry notices that Madame Maxime looks like she had been crying. But now it's time for the third task. It's a hedge maze. I'm going to list the things that Harry encounters in the hedge maze. Um, <laughs> because most of it is, is, I mean, it's like an action sequence, right? It's dark and it's scary and he's using a compass spell on his wand to try to find the middle of the maze. Uh, he first encounters Cedric, who has encountered a blast-ended scroot. Uh, the second thing Harry encounters, it uh, looks like a Dementor, and he casts his Patronus spell, but it turns out it was just a Bogart, so he he banishes it with the, the ridiculous spell. Um, he hears a scream, and it sounds like Fleur, um, and, and he kind of rushes to try to get to her and find out if she's okay, uh, but there's some scary mist on the ground that switches this the sky and, and the ground, and it's very scary, but all he has to do is step forward, and it's all... It's all fine. Uh, the next thing he runs into is a blast-ended scroot, um, but he defeats it with an impedimenta curse on its underbelly. Harry hears Cedric and Crumb arguing or like having some sort of conflict, uh, like in a different part of the maze. Uh, and then he hears Crumb cast Crucio on Cedric, and so Harry blasts a hole through one of the hedges and and saves Cedric by stunning Crumb, uh, and then summoning one of the like patrols to rescue Crumb from the maze. Uh, he and Cedric kind of speculate, and it's like, oh, you heard Fleur screaming, uh, maybe Crumb tortured her too. Um, and then they're like, okay, well, I guess we're going to split up. So they do, and Harry runs into a Sphinx, and the Sphinx tells him a riddle, and he solves it. Uh, he gets to, uh, he sees the, the, the Triwizard Cup. Uh, but Cedric is closer to it than him, and Cedric is running toward it, but Cedric is so focused on it. Uh, he doesn't see that there's a giant spider attacking him, so Harry calls out his name to save him, uh, and and they fight off the spider together. They have a short argument about who deserves to get the get the cup. Harry's injured from from the spider, and so Cedric can get to it, but Cedric's like, "No, I I wouldn't. I would have gotten beat up by that spider if you hadn't saved me, and you saved me this whole time." So they resolve to take the cup together, and as they grasp it. It was a port key, and that's the end of the chapter. Uh, <laughs> that's the noise I made when uh, I read the beginning of this chapter, and the first thing it said was Harry told everything he <laughs> Harry like told everything <laughs> he had seen in the pensive to them. And I was just thinking, like, could you imagine? Could you just like put yourself in like Hermione or Ron's shoes in this scene, like just sitting like. Uh, just sitting there and listening to to harry potter pace around the common room like enumerating the details of three separate courtroom dramas to you <laughs> uh yeah i'm not sure what kind of reaction like what like I, it's just kind of like a what are you talking about moment right <laughs> like what what the fuck like I, I, like what even as because when I read those courtroom scenes, I said, what does this have to do with me? Why do I, why do I care about this? Mm -hmm. So I can't imagine being Ron Hermione and being like, Harry, what the fuck are you talking about? Especially because they had also sat and listened to Sirius Black tell them basically all the same information. Like 
all of the all that the pensive did was basically confirm a bunch of stuff that Sirius said, right? Like, yes, they're just Ugh. hearing this information twice. What a fucking mess! I will say, I did really, really like that scene uh, when he was going to sleep and thinking about Neville. Um, I thought that was a really interesting moment. It's it's so rare in this book to have Harry think about stuff and have feelings and process them. Yeah. It sure felt like it came out of nowhere. It is it is it is very funny that the strongest moment of uh uh Harry having any empathy for anyone at all came at the end of the fourth book. The end of the fourth book and also about Neville who hasn't been in this book. Yeah. This is not... the least impactful reveal possible. I'm trying to think back over the course of this book um we're in the final stretch. This is like fucking page 615. And I'm trying to think of when we saw Neville. We saw him get rejected. Well, we didn't even see it. We heard about Neville getting rejected um, by Hermione to go to yes. the Yule Ball. And then we also saw him being upset at the torture spell in Defense Against the Dark Arts and we heard about have it, him having an off-screen conversation with Moody, mm-hmm. right? That's yeah. how much we've seen Neville. And I understand that the tor- the that the like spider torture thing directly is like, oh, Harry's like putting it together. He's like, oh, and Neville was upset. Now I know why. I haven't really been given any reason to think harry would care like i i don't i don't quite i just feel like this characterization moment for him kind of falls flat yeah i i mean like so many things in this book it is a scene that i appreciate as a scene in a vacuum um it is so funny to me thinking back to our conversations about the first book and how throughout the first book, we were both saying, wow, I've forgotten how much of a character Neville was in this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now here we are. Uh, and it's kind of a bummer because I feel like if Neville had kind of like maintained status as like an important tertiary character, uh, this this would have been like more like broadly impactful, right? Um, especially also thinking about how moving forward, he's going to end up becoming very, very important again. And I'm curious to see if that is sold at all, or if it just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. I I just like, I think that there are a couple moments in this chapter where Harry has these, these parts where he kind of tells you what his character is and Mm -hmm. they feel like they come out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, like in this particular one, like he is like, the information is being given to us because Harry's thinking to himself, right? He's thinking like, I can't like my, I, I thought I had it bad. My parents are dead, but Neville's parents were tortured to insanity and that sucks. And then he has this like weird moment where he just like gets mad about Voldemort. This is like the first time that that's happened, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. like, okay. Like we have been with Harry, like Harry had was told that his parents were murdered he confronted Voldemort in in the Philosopher's Stone, but it always like was pretty impersonal in a weird way. So, <laughs> yeah. I, so I just felt like this this moment to be like, 
wow, like Voldemort tortured Neville's parents, and now now I'm fucking pissed at this guy. <laughs> who, who does this guy oh, think no. he is? Oh no, he's become a, he's he's a fucking like like you fuck with my friends. Oh, you're fucking lo- you're <laughs> fucking Neville's lucky. Not in I'm this not there, book. dude. Oh, you're fucking lucky, Voldemort, dude. Meet me somewhere. So I think, yeah, so I think that's really what what gets to me is like this is the this is the moment. Like I'm like. This like in this fucking the eleventh hour of this fucking book that is a fucking doorstop. Harry's just like, <laughs> wow, that guy oh, really sucks. <laughs> yeah, uh, oh, I hate the villain so much. No, he just he, yeah he he is Harry. Harry is morphing into into like just one of those fucking MySpace guys. He's like, oh you you fuck with my friends. Meet me somewhere, Voldemort. You're fucking lucky. I don't know where you are or what you look like or. Or what powers you have, dude? Or I'd kick your yeah. ass. It's just—it's just kind of bizarre. And like, I again, uh, like you're right. I'm—I'm I'm not upset about that scene existing. I just don't know why it's here. Yeah, I, I don't know why like, it's here like right so at many the things, end. Yeah, like so many things in this book, I'm like, that was a really good scene. Like, 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 like capital S scene. Good scene. Uh, just in service of very confusing book right like like the 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 story of this book i think like like my 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 one takeaway from this book is going to be that like this there are so many individual pieces that i think are really good but there is just no through line here at all i wish neville was more in this book yeah i wish i was given a reason to think this would affect harry in this way um it would make a lot more I, sense if it was like like Hermione's parents or something, right? Like someone who is front and center and like has a emotional connection to Harry. Like Harry is just sort of a dickhead to Neville, honestly. Like like he doesn't care, uh, and and this is this isn't framed in like a guilty way where he's like, "Wow, I've given Neville some shit, and I've never really thought about how you know Voldemort has affected him too." And like now I'm like like he, he's not like processing guilt and going like wow i should i should be better to neville because we share this connection right like it's not there's no deeper character development thing going on here it's just like oh i fucking hate the bad guy yeah i mean and it's like harry's kind of nothing like i i feel like this chapter does a lot of callbacks to nothing that happened in this book. Like I, I understand the like fun of reading like a fantasy thing and having like callbacks to previous books, but that mm-hmm. seems like all that this is doing. Like he hasn't even been particularly mean to Neville. He's just been nothing to Neville. <laughs> like, Neville has like, not appeared. Any any amount of time that Harry has interacted with Neville, his level of interaction has been watching other characters interact with him. Like the yeah. scene where Neville is upset and crying after a defense against the dark arts. Even in that scene, like Harry is thinking stuff to himself, I guess. Yeah. But like yeah, the but whole time, not... it's like it's like Hermione is pointing out that Neville's upset yeah. and is like, "Come on, like let's Harry's comfort Neville or whatever." Standing there, everyone else and is he... comforting Neville. Yeah, and and even then, I just flipped to the chapter. Harry's thought is is not about Neville. It's like that was nice of Professor Moody to cheer up Neville. That's something Lupin would have done. So it's not, so there's not like his thought isn't really even about (laughs) Neville. So, so this is just like, it's just, (laughs) it's just such a weird, like, where is this coming from? Let's remember we don't like the villain. And and Voldemort's like, 
barely even the villain of this book. It's Crouch. Yeah. I mean, I know Voldemort's like the mastermind and and that is going to be the like because this book has a bad end, right? Like like Voldemort rose again. Yeah. Bad end, but like he's not <laughs> I don't know. I guess we see him plotting and stuff. It's just it's just a lot. Um yeah. and then and then this whole time I'm like, okay, if Neville is so important to this plot, um why is it, why does he not get to be in it and we get so many Rita Skeeter clues. Why do oh I have God. to go yeah. through this every fucking time? It's just, I'm so sick of it. And then it gets solved off screen anyway. It's so yeah, immaterial the, to me. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's move forward to the breakfast scene because I was fucking howling at the, the part where um, Harry says bugging again. Again. This is, like the, this is like the third time that he's referenced bugging. He doesn't talk like that either like he says what does he say to hermione wow she's really bugging you huh yeah a thing that harry has said so many times right like it's also i have a bone to pick with like the act like the nature of the thing they see malfoy doing uh if if rita is an unregistered animagus i thought the entire point of it was that she was uh, overhearing conversations and writing about them as as fact. Not like, I'm going to, like, what did she do? Like, hello, little boy, I'm going to turn into a bug and then we're going to have a conversation <laughs> in your hand. Does that sound good? Like, what the fuck? Like, like have- one, she's like revealing her deepest, darkest journalism secret to a 13-year-old. But also, like, like there's a, <laughs> like, if Draco Malfoy sneezed, she would fucking die, right? Like, like here's my he, here's here's my uh, incredible contribution to the um uh, uh what the fuck is the ship called? What's the what's the um Draco Hermione ship? Dramione. Dramione, yes. yeah. So maybe maybe the Dramione shippers have already thought of this, but I feel like a good um a good way to bring these two characters together is not that. Rita Skeeter revealed her secret to Draco, but that Draco independently figured it out also so that Hermione and Draco were working on the same mystery throughout the entirety of book four. Because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't doesn't make sense that Rita Skeeter would would reveal this to Draco, especially because it, like, doesn't matter because, materially speaking, she watched... She she was in the window at divination class to watch Harry collapse, right? So like yeah. the interview with Draco, she would not need to be undercover to no. to do. No, absolutely not. Yeah, it's very funny. I I just just imagining like what did that what did that whole process getting getting Draco out into the grounds uh to have a conversation with him in bug form? What was the setup for that? Like, did she send him an owl know. that said, hello, I, I have a scheme for you, uh, little boy. I know Please you talk hate, to I, this bug. <laughs> I know you hate Harry Potter. Talk to this little beetle and and please do not crunch your hand too hard or I will die. Like what? Like, what the... <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. So that that was very, very stupid. Um, the family meeting scene is a little better i think mostly yeah i still care <laughs> like, 
I'm trying to be. Char- I'm trying to be charitable. I'm trying to be charitable. Um, yeah, it's it's fine. Um, I didn't realize that um, Fleur and Bill's stuff was uh, brought up in this book. I thought that was something that was going to come up come up out of the blue later. Uh, but oh, there is yeah. a line that says that Fleur that Harry saw Fleur looking at Bill Weasley and thought that she didn't mind his long hair and his earring. Uh, so I thought That's that right. was funny. Um, I think the main thing that I think is funny here, honestly, is the, uh, the the conversation where Molly like gets mad at Amos for taking Rita Skeeter seriously, uh, and then Harry having to remind her not to take Rita Skeeter seriously at lunch. Like that, was, I thought that was funny. I thought it was funny. I still, I'm still. Uh, it, it, I. Uh, Still makes no sense for like like I, I we we had we had a long conversation about that. I'm still I still think it's fucking hilarious that like Molly Weasley is pissed off at a 13 year old for for two timing Harry two timing Harry. Ugh, unbelievable. Yeah, like the um, I mean like 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 I say it's better. I mean honestly, like this I think this book is just kind of in free fall at this point, and I'm just like. I'm p- I'm picking the things that I I like out of it and just being like, oh well, you know that's if this was salvageable, I'd like this a lot, you know, like like there's just there's just so much in this fucking book now that's just like whatever. Can I please read a sentence? And it's from uh, the scene where they're eating dinner before the third task. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it says. He had forgotten to worry about that evening's task, and not until Hermione turned up halfway through lunch did he remember that he that she had had a brainwave about Rita Skeeter. Oh Jesus! I also yeah. um, did the I editor leave? Did, yeah, they, did I, they not make it through the rest <laughs> of the book? What editor? There was no editor on this book. I think I think whoever is credited in this book is editing. I think that they had lunch with JK one time or something at this point. I firmly believe that this book had no passes. Like what? Like, yeah, that sentence is a fucking mess. A brainwave. He remembered that she had a brainwave about Rita Skeeter. Oh, uh, her coming back just so Harry can remind the audience that she went and did something off screen is fucking bananas to me. Yeah, like, is that for us? Is that yeah. like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I forgot Hermione had forgot. that brainwave. But also, but also when he remembers that, we still don't get to find out what it no, is. We just know that she went and did it. Yeah, it's it's wow we wow woo. What a book this is. Um Is there anything else here pre-task, or should we get into the task? Because the Let me yeah let me just make sure i haven't forgotten anything because yeah like i said like this this chapter is like two like in that it is pre-task and and the maze um i i also think it's weird um that rita skeeter wrote this uh article about harry and i feel like i'm supposed to be invested in hermione's brainwave but also harry doesn't care about it no his response is like like oh she doesn't like me anymore does she like honestly that they could have just left it there right like harry doesn't give a fuck the end like like okay story's over i guess um except then he yells at hermione hermione like immediately after that about it so who knows because she's like she's worried about it and then he flips out at her and is like why don't why don't you suggest something then stupid like 
Uh, there is something in the article that Rita Skeeter wrote um, that she interviewed someone who is a member of the Dark Force Defense League. Ooh, I don't know I what didn't that catch is. That. What's the yeah? The, uh, the DFDL. I, don't know, I I felt like I should bring it up because I know we've talked about how. Um, unclear what aurors do are like what they do because it's like half the time they're like dark wizard hunters and half the time they're like cops yeah. and now i'm like what is the dark force defense league yeah are they are they cops is that the rotary club like like that could be anything honestly so that was that funny whole, to me so i thought i'd point it out article was very weird like just they're so like like we, we we've talked a lot about like like the lack of editing and stuff in this book the most indulgent thing in this whole book honestly to me is how fucking many of these really long fake like press clippings there are this is like the third or fourth one isn't it like yeah and they're like multi-page I cannot read them without reading it just as jk rowling's weird bone to pick with tabloids and like I don't I don't like tablets suck I, yeah, i'm not trying sure. to like that that's i mean i think that that feels bad um but to put this like it it this book puts such a weird amount of emphasis on these like tabloid things only to have it culminate in a mystery that hermione solves off screen it <laughs> feels so bizarre and out of place <laughs> yeah yeah, I I really don't know why they're here, or or like even like they are funny, like 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 she emulates the style of like a gossipy like rag newspaper in these really well. It's just that she's done it like at least three times now, and and they're really long, like they are so long, like you could get like one paragraph out of this, uh, and have it be all you need, right? Like like just to have them read a snippet of it. And that's that. Like, like have them read the 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 Draco part. Like, okay, done. That's the important thing. But like, we have to read these entire. Like, again, I I, I I make this comparison a lot, but like, this is the. This would be great if I was playing like a Bethesda game or 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 something, and I like picked up a newspaper clipping and got to read the whole thing. That's great, but I'm not. I'm reading a book. Like, I don't need. I don't need the entire thing here yeah so throughout this whole thing because i think this is the last one we're gonna get and i i feel like some of them at least like thematically hit on on things that mattered to the wider book mm-hmm. um the the one that i'm thinking of in particular was like the one about about hagrid's like parentage or yes. whatever yeah. and and feeling that 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 kind of tied back into a a thematic um god holy that is shit the focus of the this book. is like sorry i just had i <laughs> yeah. had a brain i had a brain wave here this is yeah. the fifth or sixth one of these there's there's one about moody before they go to the uh the world cup there's one oh. after the world cup there's the there's the uh harry potter uh joined the triwizard tournament one there's yep. the harry potter uh and his love life one there's the Hagrid is a is a half giant one, and there is this one. That's too many. Oh, and there's one about Crouch. There's seven. There? Oh, yeah. yeah. There's one about Crouch being missing. Wow, that's a lot. There, fucking hell. There's like seven of these full ass newspaper clippings. 
that's a lot of time that could have um, been used for anything better than this like horrible off-screen subplot that was I'm pretty sure just put in here to give Hermione something to do because her <laughs> her subplot like fell through at the last minute and I, is- I keep coming back to that I'm like all the Rita Skeeter stuff all the spew stuff I'm like this was Mafalda, right like like mm-hmm. that was all part of this like cohesive or I mean apparently it wasn't but like an idea that was there and then that was stripped out of this and what remained was half of a plot about spew and half of a plot about rita skeeter yeah and they both suck (laughs) and are and are given like way 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 too much airtime yeah god there's so many of them and also this is just making me think about we we found that cbs clip from like 1999 or whatever um that was uh pre-gobbled of fire uh mm-hmm. interview with jk and it was so funny a seeing her just like behaving like a normal person um and b there's a scene where she's like everyone's always asking me you know please don't kill ron please don't kill ron and i'm just like rolling my eyes and thinking oh no one cares about hermione like like, like no one's wow. bothered about hermione and i'm like like you this is why like like the proof is in the in the damn pudding the book kind of doesn't care about hermione that much either no yeah i i'm still like in shock that how hard the like spew stuff was dropped completely like a rock right like like just i mean it was gone. going nowhere like there, there's yeah. nowhere for that to go other than like I, I I don't I don't even know like her Hermione frees the slaves or decides that she was wrong I like it, it just but it's just like goes away and yeah. then it's and I guess the Rita Skeeter stuff is like there the whole time but like I, we don't even see it like Hermione has a brainwave and runs off yeah just just again like like we were talking about with the pensive stuff and how it clearly is buckling under the pressure of being a book that is locked into one perspective like i think that this stuff could have easily been saved at least a little bit if hermione was a perspective character right like yeah if if we had if we had gotten like a couple of chapters here and there from hermione's point of view and like i don't know just just really so so many words so i want so badly to see the mafalda version of this book i'm not saying that it would be good or even better but i am very curious what happened here jk if you're listening first of all (laughs) fuck you you're a turf uh second of all show us the manuscript um uh where where mafalda was still involved because i really want to see that so badly uh that is that is definitely something that like that's the thing in the harry potter vault that i think fascinates me most right like like out of all the things we've heard about like who is this like foil to hermione gonna be uh i I really did did ron end up with all of her lines is that what happened yeah Uh, is that why ron's such a fucking asshole in this book yeah 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 i'm i'm super curious about that let's talk about the maze yeah uh what the fuck (laughs) it's so bad oh my god what happened what Um, happened here so 
I think one of J.K. Rowling's greatest strengths, and and let me know if you agree or like disagree with this, but I think that her writing has a very good sense of place. Uh, she is good at describing settings and like creating atmosphere. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wh- where was all of that for this? This is the most abstract. Th- like this is almost like thousand perfect notes tier of like I don't have like a good picture in my head of what's going on because like it like I guess it's just a hedge maze. Like there's no fanfare. There's no atmosphere like there's no like like for the previous two tasks we got like great like all these like great setup chapter or or, like not even chapters paragraphs i mean of like this is what the stands are like this is what the energy of the crowd is like like here's bagman like like talking up a storm but like bagman just sort of like appears tells them the rules and then they're off and it becomes a really bad uh action sequence and like that's all we get we we get like a little bit of like when harry first goes in the maze it's like it's dark and all of a sudden like all the sound is cut out and he can't figure out if it was magic or if it's just like a really really some strong hedges um (laughs) which like i i was like okay like that's gonna be the atmosphere but it's like it immediately forgets because it doesn't affect anything that happens right like harry hears the other champions like in different parts of the maze so mm-hmm. any like like functional like things that that atmosphere could do for the story like like fe- making harry feel isolated and alone and like scared about what's around the next corner never comes up right like it, it's just like uh it just doesn't it feels very floaty and like meaningless and also I don't think that J.K. Rowling knows how mazes work. I don't think that you can use a compass to help you through a maze. Like you can can figure out which direction you're going, but like you might have to to go all to bring this up. It doesn't Uh, make sense. I I need to bring this up from the um so like this this is a little bit before the maze, but like like this mostly involved this entire sequence more than anything else in this book and i'm sorry I, like I, I always make this comparison and i know that this is just a comparison that, that maybe leaps to me easily because of what i'm into but like oh my god this is a video game like yeah they harry and hermione and ron literally like go through all of the spells in his inventory and tell you the audience what they do and then he goes into the maze and it's like like to me the imagery here, like what little imagery we have, he's basically playing fucking like, like wizardry or Zork or, or, or like uh, might and magic or something. He's, he's walking, he's on, he's in a grid maze and like walking forward and an enemy appears and he has to use his spells to get past the enemy and like then continue through the maze. He is playing like a nineties PC RPG. It is so stupid. I, I can't get over that this is a an obstacle course maze and at no point I don't think does anything characterful characterful happen to Harry or like what he uses to like overcome the tasks with I guess the exception of the Patronus but I'm not even going to give that a pass because that has nothing to do with his character in this book that is a callback to a previous book and not even this one um like 
everything is out of left field and all of the spells and the things that he uses to overcome the things that are happening to him is like spells that he was taught that do one specific thing that he learned in the last two chapters. This, I think this is where like the dueling club had a little bit of this, but it was really carried by it being more about the characters in that scene. But this really highlights just how bad the combat presentation is in Harry Potter. Like the movies do a really bad job too. The movies just turn them into boring laser guns. But Mm -hmm. the book also has this problem of just like not having a very exciting way to convey combat, right? Like he just says a silly word over and over again and like hopes that he hits the soft part of whatever big creature he's pointing at like it's just really dull um there's yeah, no cr- we don't really this get is- to hear like what he's going through or like i don't i don't know like they, there have been like sports movies and stuff and it's like it's not about like oh i gotta throw the ball better it, like usually you try <laughs> right. to you, usually you try to like work in something about like the characters like confidence or or like their stru- the way that like they're playing out their struggles that are happening in the other parts of their life but on the field like like, like there's like a deep well of like stuff to work from mm-hmm. and this does none of that no, at any at point all. it is it is just it is literally an obstacle course like in every in every form like i know that it's it, i know that it is meant to be that but it is like there's no sub. This is a powerful uh, 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 piece of writing uh, that proves that it is actually possible to write something with zero subtext, right? Like just nothing going on here. Completely brain dead. Yeah, Rem- honestly, like remarkable. I'm I'm impressed. <laughs> and there's so many weird things. So like one, um, I I I I have to. I want to say some positive things. I do love the Sphinx. Um, the Sphinx. Okay, but that scene is bonkers. The scene is yeah. The scene. So so yeah. The the description of like so like the description of her is great. The stuff about her like like the the way where it like really conveys how she's moving around like a cat is great. What the fuck is that riddle? That's not a riddle. That's just like a that's like a stupid like like Jolly Ranchers joke. Like what the fuck? (laughs) Harry conveys like no emotion at like i guess he he thinks to himself like oh this is more up hermione's alley but then he just figures it out like it's not it doesn't nothing matters like he, he just, also he it's just like works the through least, it it's like the least exciting thing ever because it's not like the sphinx is like threatening him or whatever uh she's just sitting there like he it literally is just like like a video game where like you have a dialogue option and like you can take your sweet fucking time choosing it or whatever because she's just there in the way it doesn't matter yeah there's no excitement like how about this how about this um here's a callback to to something that it could even reference back that happened in this book where harry is unsure like is the sphinx like playing along like the mer people were mm-hmm. is the sphinx serious and like going to kill him like there's that uncertainty like maybe he doesn't trust himself like I, I, I but none of that like there's nothing it is just like there is nothing that happens like it, want... it's just like floating it is a video game like there's just no there no there's no sense 
that it tried to say anything other than literally what the obstacle is. It's also just like, maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe this is like an established riddle that I've just never heard before. But like, this is not a riddle. Like, this is just an insane word game. Like, the the whole thing about like... Like, like the uh, the point of a riddle is that there is a simple answer to a, a bonkers question. And then this is like three clues with a really tenuous thing about like a noise at the end. Like, how do you I want to know how they translate? Like, like, what does the Japanese version of this look like, for example? How do they translate this dumb riddle? Like, like, because because er is not a universal sound of it's i i remember distinctly being like confused by that as a kid like and i mean like in in like american accent you don't say er you say uh yeah right yeah 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 that's that's like it's just already extremely but like i'm just imagining like like do they have to like okay well for us that's desu or whatever so like uh like how do we fucking translate this but where things truly go off the rails for me here are <laughs> when he hears crumb and cedric fighting mm-hmm. he burns a hole through the hedge and just walks through it <laughs> you can Why just do that? that the whole time you can't just fucking do that like <laughs> like what like like is is no is is no judge gonna be like hey what the fuck dude you can't just plow through the hedge like that's not <laughs> that's not on but apparently it is i guess because because no one's watching them except there's a crowd there but they can't see through that this is so uh, bad i will say that the crumb cedric stuff is like probably the scariest and most tense moment that happens yeah. um i it kind of ruins it a little bit that cedric is just kind of fine like yeah oh i, I just I'm got very, tortured I'm very, very confused at like the uh the stakes of the crucio spell um maybe it's because crumb wasn't very good at it um because well, he's being I a purist, it, right i thought it yeah correct i thought that it was supposed to be like the worst the worst torture pain horrible horrible misery that you could endure yeah and i I think we're about to get a like i I think we're going to in the next few chapters harry's Harry's going to get crucioed and so we're gonna get a like first hand like description of that but cedric is so like chill about it It's like like the 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 intensity of it honestly makes it sound like like Crumb was like bending his thumb backwards or something, you know, just like oh let me go, dude, like like stop. (laughs) And it's it's so weird because he's just because like it's like Cedric like stands up and like dusts himself off. He's like I thought Crumb was a cool guy, but guess not. Like what? Like he just like tortured you like the 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 fact that this book went to such such lengths to make this sound like it's supposed to be the scariest fucking thing in the world and like i was on board too i was like oh crucio like that's pretty fucked up and then cedric is just fine and then he's like okay guess we're gonna finish the task also also they take cedric fires red sparks out of his wand to indicate where crumb is how does that work like if that's the case couldn't you just why aren't also, people just I, tricking I, each other into firing red sparks like 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 couldn't it, you just fire red sparks and say like like oh uh, that was I harry bye <laughs> yeah like like what that's just Wasn't very me. strange to me yeah i 
I don't know. This this whole tournament is this was like the thing that I liked the most going into this book, uh, or not going into this book, but like I I I, I enjoyed the like fanfare around the first and second tasks a lot, and like now this one is this feels so rushed and like like uh, like just not fleshed out at all. It's it's very very weird. There there's like some pretty um like evocative like I, I guess possibly evocative imagery that's used in this chapter that feels almost like i feel like i'm crazy for reading too much into it Mm -hmm. um the the part where harry encounters that mist and and so he hears so he hears someone i think it's fleur in distress and he's like i have to get to her and like that's probably the most characterful thing that that happens with harry because that's kind of a callback to him you know sacrificing his standing and the second task to save the other hostages mm-hmm. right he, he's a, he has got a savior complex and he he's always going to rush rush to save someone um and there's like this threatening looking mist ahead of him and so he runs forward and it literally flips the sky and the f- and the ground and i think that is also probably the scariest part i, I mean it's like it's it's very like evocative of like a dream feeling yeah. like you're falling being scared to fall um and and he pushes through it um and, and like it's not threatening it's like he just took a step and everything righted itself again it feels weird that the mist appears one time and never again and is not yeah like, like you know what it's i mean a really like, cool I, like thing, when I, honestly yeah like that imagery when i, is when I tell striking. that i'm like oh there's striking imagery there's like a characterful moment and i just like can't, i don't know how to explain like how flat it is delivered <laughs> well it's and, it's uh, because it's just like one look I, I keep on wanting to say like i like like to me saying something is like an obstacle course is like a piece of critique like that is shorthand for like this this feels out of place right but i can't say that here because it is literally an obstacle course um right so it's almost like impervious to that criticism but it shouldn't be honestly because it's it's because you're totally right it's like this it's like this really striking moment i thought it was actually i i i don't think it's it's out there at all to to to, you know or to like to read into this this idea that like you know things happen to people that like you, know, you and then this is cheesy but like you know it feels like your world has been turned upside down yes but you but, want I but mean, you just and, need and to you just need to 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 take it just need to keep moving forward like very very obvious on the nose very relatable you know like i read that and was like oh god and then like and then it's just like okay and then he just keeps going like he just keeps going oh and it's a giant spider like it's just very goofy do you you know what it reminds me of did you ever see the fucking english dub of the digimon movie and this is like such a weird poll i don't think so okay in the digimon movie there's this fucking amazing part because it's like cut together out of like two digimon movies or something into one and there's there's this part where like kai or whoever is crying and he's like he's like he's like you know oh, that's the saddest thing i've ever heard and like his <laughs> his friend his friend like walks up and he's just like like get know he's just like get over it man or like 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 it'll be okay man and then he just goes okay and then like that scene's over and like like it's really really evocative of that to me just like 
like wow there's this really powerful heavy scene and it's like mm, i have to th- i've i've i have much to think about and then he just keeps moving and there's a spider like okay moving on like like it feels like this was like do you think that this was like in her like bag of scenes or like on her note cards of like i really like this idea of this metaphor and i've got to put it in here somewhere and there was nowhere that it like could fit in the story really so she was like okay well this is i'm recycling this enemy and putting it in this in this uh video game sequence you know yeah. like that's the vibe it, it has it this this scene this whole like third task pulls from such weird stuff like the um blast ended scrut it's it's so funny to me that it comes up and is like, oh yeah, I remember those from Care of Magical Creatures class, but literally nothing that happens helps Harry overcome this problem, right? Like, like what he does is use a spell that he learned one chapter ago uh-huh. to knock it out. Yeah, like imagine if he had actually been forced by Hagrid like in the class to like, learn about the scroots or whatever and like learn some trick to like i don't know you you pet it like this and it goes to sleep or whatever and like he did like at least that would be something right like anything any kind of reason for these things to exist in the book it's so bizarre the sphinx is probably the weirdest thing i i that the sphinx is another one like like the golden mist that really feels like something that was like like oh i really want to put this in a story somewhere and just like kind of squeezing it into this into this weird mishmash right like like i like the the the, that scene sort of but like the riddle's stupid and it doesn't go anywhere and it doesn't matter and like like it's just kind of nothing yeah i mean i guess the riddle um references the theme of deception Uh in in one of the three clues that's but then but then (laughs) it's also but then it's also the answer is spider and there's a spider coming up oh shit and he doesn't kiss it is is the spider an acromantula or is it just a big old spider i mm, that's a good question that's another thing again could have been a connection to anything in the story but it's not no one says anything it's just a oh spider. my god what if it was aragog and then it was like harry comes up to it and it's like harry like, yeah i know you yes fuck and he's like ah oh, i guess you can pass like like yeah that'd be great it's like uh, i owe you one what if it was aragog's wife <gasps> oh what if it was aragog's wife fuck. but i don't know i don't know anything about this damn spider yeah fuck it's just a spider Okay, silver lining here, and I don't know if you feel this way, but I like the argument between Cedric and Harry about the cup. I think yes. it's cute. I think I it's think... cute. I I feel like there is a flip side to this that bugs me, um, <laughs> and it is kind of honestly that my same criticism that I have about Harry's uh, weird deciding he hates Voldemort out of nowhere. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I really, really don't like that the only like characterization that Harry gets um like when he in his from his perspective is that he just decides halfway through the maze that he might want to win (laughs) yeah yeah that's true i didn't really think about that because it doesn't really mean much to him like he decides it does and it it is a callback to a like when he was going to sleep before the the champions were selected and was thinking to himself like fantasizing what it would be like to win right but i thought yeah. the whole i thought that the whole point of what happened to him is that like 
the fantasy was better than the reality, right? Yeah. Like I thought that was the entire thing that Harry was like, I was fantasizing about this, but in actuality, this is not something that I care about or want. Right. Um, but he decides again at the literal last second, like, oh, what if I win? <laughs> what if I win? Yeah. And it's weird too, because I, I'm surprised that this is honestly even a character conflict for him because we know harry is competitive yes like like he is a he is a sportsman he is a he is yeah although although even then we don't get a whole lot of like actual him being competitive most of the like appeal that he has to quidditch is like he feels good when he's flying that's true yeah it's it's very little very little like happens where I feel like uh, Harry is competitive for his own sake. And in, like whenever he thinks about winning and wanting to win, it usually comes back to like making Oliver Wood happy. That's or making, true. Or yeah. making like, or like hell, like making McGonagall. the team happy yeah. for him or, or whatever. But yeah, it rarely like is like about his own competitive drive. That's true. Um, I would have honestly liked to see like an Oliver Wood reference here. Like, like, or, or, yeah, because like like Oliver's gone now. He's graduated, so like Harry kind of like have maybe some of like Oliver's like competitive drive, like rubbing off on Harry or whatever in a scene in this book would have been interesting. Yeah, um, but again, <laughs> like every good scene in this book in a vacuum, I think this is a very cute conversation. I like how both the stubborn they both are, um, and they're like both trying to be the good guy. Like like it's it's cute. I I have definitely done this you know like like had this kind of con- like this is arguing about paying for something right like like sure, this, yeah. is, this is this is a, a very relatable goofy uh scene between between like i wouldn't say friends i guess but like like harry and cedric have like good chemistry here i think yeah yeah i think so too um that kind of that's that's it for the tournament the tournament's over that's that's such a weird thing to me where i'm like it it felt like the entire premise of the book just feels like it sure fell flat at the last moment i like i really liked the second task for the most part Um, but the second task does what you're does what like you're complaining about here which is it has character moments in it like like the the task it's like it is a sports movie the the task itself is sort of secondary to the drive of harry of, as a character because he like you know he gets worried and, and and anxious and wants to save everyone and like like he was also struggling leading up to it because he couldn't figure out how to breathe underwater like there's stuff going on there right like mm-hmm. that was a good story um on its own uh and this is nothing at all this this has no meat meat on its bones yeah i and like i feel like to find anything here i really feel like i have to stretch right it's it's like it's like okay like harry's gonna come through the port key and his world is going to be turned upside down like that is definitely there um there is that like harry is trying to like save people and will put himself at risk to do so um but it just it it feels like i'm much more like every moment to moment action thing that is meaningless seems to take precedent over any of that yeah and kind of overshadows it does the (laughs) i have a question for you does the knowing what the twist is here 
going into it does the last paragraph here where it like talks about them touching the cup and it being a port key does it like was it i don't know was it at all thrilling did you feel anything like like how did you feel about that getting to it again on a reread? i guess it, it it feels it feels bittersweet right like i i guess there's like this side of it where i'm like oh that's sad <laughs> like <laughs> like, that. like oh bummer oh, gee. uh like oh they don't know what's coming uh but no i i would i was not thrilled no i was I'm, just sort of like I, i'm nothing i was just sort of like i i appreciated the callback i think like i was i i, I n- let me let, and and let me be clear here uh what i mean there is i appreciated the callback that is in this book right <laughs> like like finally something fucking paid off um uh because it, it like the the description of being like feeling like you're being yanked from behind like i was like oh i remember what that is from the beginning of the book that would be really cool if i liked everything that happened in between right like yeah i mean little did you know many many years later this plot hole would be covered up in fantastic oh, beasts that's the, the crimes of grindelwald that's the other thing yeah the 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 port key the port key mechanics uh being retconned uh in the book itself is going to be really funny to get to next chapter i i'm also i i just i don't i do not like talking about plot holes because no. they're stupid and i don't like if this tournament was fun if i felt like it was worth it and said things about the characters i would not care about this but it just it just seems so stupid like why it's it's it's, it's, it's totally fair storytelling is an illusion right storytelling is is like it, it is it is total fabrication it is an illusion and like if if the illusion breaks then all of these things that would not matter if you were enjoying it suddenly kind of kind of like come into place right like i, I like I, I, the thing i always think about is like like theater right like like if you're watching a, a good play uh, and you can see the stage hands running in to change the sets while the curtain's drawing between scenes or whatever. That doesn't matter, right? Like, yeah, who cares? But if the play is bad and you're not invested in the play at all, and like someone's cell phone went off, and like, like one of the actors has a cold or whatever, and you're just bored and you want to go home and play Kingdom Hearts three and get norted uh yeah. then when then when the curtains are closing and you see the the set dressers running in and one of them trips you're gonna be like what the fuck like like you know like like you're gonna notice that shit so i don't think I it's just, unfair like i just like have been through this like absolute bullshit tournament that says nothing about harry or anyone else he could have died like three times by now and at the end of the day Crouch is perfectly disguised as a teacher at the school and could say literally on this day of the task, he's sitting there in the stands with Harry and he could say, Hey Potter catch. And he could throw him an object and it would port key him to Voldemort. <laughs> like, I just, I don't understand this, like this convoluted nightmare plot. Yeah. Like normally in a story when there is some convoluted plot where something way easier would have also worked. The reason the reason it's 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 convoluted and weird is because it's not really about the plan right it's it's like 
that those events mean something else to the characters in the story, right? Like, like that's why you arrange a, a plot that way. Here, the um, second task is the only one that has anything to do with Harry as a character at all. Uh, so it's really plain, to th- like it's really easy to just think about all these things that wouldn't matter otherwise because we're it's not we're not look juice me. I need the juice. Uh, and if and if i'm not getting the juice from the characters i need the juice from the story and if the story doesn't have any juice either why the fuck are we here i want my damn juice uh yeah and 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 this this book is juiceless to me this book is juiceless (laughs) it's it's utterly juiceless you can't juice this can't cannot squeeze any juice out of this out of this one (sighs) Well, that's that chapter. Shall we take a break? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's take a break and then come back and um, hate to say it, but uh, we should talk a little bit more about the maze because Reddit has some very good questions about the maze. And also, well, so so do I. So that's perfect. (laughs) All right. I will. I will. We will be back after a short break. felt like you have just stepped into a golden cloud and had your world turned upside down by the last chapter yeah yeah i'd say so well i am um here to to offer some solidarity to you Uh it sounds like everyone on reddit also has uh similar feelings about the maze um if you search maze on the harry potter reddit you get many 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 threads of burning questions that I um I think kind of like the pensive last week are uh maybe more fair uh than than usual for the for these Reddit segments. Uh yeah, but- yeah. We kind of like to make fun of Reddit. However, we've we're having kind of a, a a new thing happening where I'm kind of on board with a lot of what they're saying. Uh-huh. Um so there's a lot of questions here. I think we should uh, take a look at some of these and just kind of like, like, I feel like this is a good springboard into into talking about just the maze. Uh, you know, we talked about it like in the context of like our reading uh, this week, but I think like as even as a uh, uh, plot device on its own, the maze is just very funny, um, and uh, and and we should we should hash it out. I think so. Yeah, um, I know that you were comparing the maze to um, a few other video games, but may I offer uh, the fade from Dragon Age Origins? Into... Oh my god! Yes, one hundred percent. Actually, I, ta- I in some ways, yes, that is true. In other ways, I feel like the fade maybe said more about the world and the people in it than the maze and <laughs> Harry Potter did. I mean, the fade is miserable, absolutely it's, miserable. But, but the fade is miserable to play. It's yes. not. It's it is it is it is a bad piece of game design, but I actually like this. That's one of my favorite like areas story wise in Dragon Age Origins. 
the yeah. Uh, so actually, so actually, the Harry Potter maze is like the reverse fade, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like the gameplay could be good, but the, it says nothing about the story. Absolutely. Um. Okay. So let's get cracking here. Number one. Yeah. Uh. Uh. Right up the top here, I chose this one just because I really like the thread title here. Is it an acceptable strategy? Oh. Uh, during Harry's prep for the third task, do you think it would have been acceptable strategy for him to make a map of the maze? Bagman never explicitly said it wasn't allowed, or do you think it wasn't necessary necessary to state that rule as they might have made the maze unplottable? So could could Peter Pettigrew have made a full-size Marauder's map of the whole country <laughs> to find Harry Potter? <laughs> um... I, I will say I do think it's very funny uh, because I completely forgot that Bagman showed them the maze before the hedges were. Grown. Yeah, well, it was like two feet tall. Um, here is how uh, the story should have handled this, which is uh, so. So as far as like Bagman setting out the rules, like I feel like there are like so many options like to say that like maybe the maze changes with magic or whatever mm-hmm. to make that stuff impossible but but the third task feels like such an afterthought and yeah. it is like a collection of like random obstacles it just like doesn't seem like it was given that much consideration i'm like why doesn't he just call in his broom and and fly over it like that like like spoiler alert that is the there are like 50 questions on the reddit that are like why didn't he just summon his broom um and i'm actually very curious to check some of these because uh like i want to know what the i want to know like uh, on the opposite end of like just talking about the maze question i kind of want to know what like the apologetics for it are um yeah yeah i guess i can maybe uh, read well, that doesn't make sense. I was going to say, like, I guess there could have been, like, an off-screen, like, where Harry was given more rules, but we have, we we explicitly saw Ludo Bagman introducing the maze to them. Um, so I, I just, it, it, it feels, it feels like the other tasks were set up. Uh, well, no, I'm not even going to say that. Um. It does. Why? Why did he not fly fly his broom over the maze? <laughs> yeah, I guess there's like nothing. I guess like the the. Okay, I have one answer here for you from Reddit, which I think. Okay. I mm, I will say mm, okay, uh, which is uh, I believe in the book it says that almost everything was cut from view slash earshot the second they entered the maze. I'm sure there's a spell over the maze to prevent cheating like that. Um. So why would that I, be cheating? why why is that cheating and flying around the dragon isn't cheating like what constitutes cheating cheating? and also why is punching a hole in the wall of the maze not cheating moreover uh, honestly with the second task harry didn't do any magic like he he literally brought something to the task why could he bring gillyweed to the task and not bring his broom (laughs) yeah why like he just like walked up with the gillyweed that he didn't make or acquire or do anything magical right right it doesn't make any damn sense the may the maze the maze is very bad uh so was it would it have been an acceptable strategy or excuse me is it acceptable strategy i'm gonna say yes but only because uh there's really seems to be no alternative so thank you reddit for that one 
here's one for you. Uh, yeah. Uh, we were talking about some some port key shenanigans. Oh, good. Uh, what do you guys think about the theory circulating about two way port key in Goblet of Fire? The theory I just read states that the port key was a two way port key because after killing Harry, Voldemort intended to take Polyjuice Potion, become Harry, take a bunch of his hair, and then pass the role of Harry back to Vardy Crouch Jr. Personally, I think it is a great theory. Vardy Crouch Jr. wasn't found out at the time. He spent all year getting to know Harry and watching him closely. He wouldn't need Harry alive for questioning because he learned all that he could from him during those eight months. The end game was that Vardy Crouch Jr. as Harry would then kill Dumbledore. This theory works for me because I had always wondered why the port key was a two-way key. I thought it was a mere oversight on Rowling's part because Harry needed a method of escape, but since Voldemort and the Death Eaters never expected Harry to survive, uh, it was straight-up miracle that he lived to tell the tale. It seems like their original plan may have been wildly different than the outcome. Have you ever heard of this theory? Do you think it is plausible? One, yes, I have heard of that theory. Um, two, I think that it was an oversight on J.K. Rowling's yeah. part. Um, we have proof of that now, I think. Yeah. Um, I think the theory's cute. Um, I, I But... At the same time, I, I I would like to revisit this theory once we have seen Voldemort, right? Mm-hmm. Because, like, I feel like Voldemort as a character and his plans and goals very rarely make sense. And so sending Barty Crouch Jr. back to Hogwarts as Harry to kill Dumbledore, like, I guess I want to know why. Like... Mm-hmm because who cares what Dumbledore is doing? Like, it, it doesn't really like make a whole lot of sense to me, uh, but I would, I think that we'll be able to revisit this once we uh, have more of an idea of Voldemort's character. This is a thing where I'm like, this is, I think this is actually a very interesting theory. It's just that it's like, I think that this is a more cohesive plot than anyone's plan in the, in the book like i mean i, like, I believe like, that it has been retconned that all port keys are two-way now right that's that's the thing and that's the thing the, the, the thing that makes this kind of funny is that this thread is from two months ago so and i no, and i and no i think one that here here's a better the, the question movie. yeah why would harry know that the port key is two ways because we've uh, seen harry yeah. use a port mm-hmm. key once it doesn't like i guess it's like I, I depending on how that chapter plays out i have not read it in a very long time it could just be like a last ditch effort right like try anything but yeah. uh, i i don't quite get why that would be his method of escape or attempt because i don't think that he's been given any reason to think that port keys are two-way well, especially because the book, the book explicitly shows the people collecting the port keys and throwing them away like yeah like we 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 are shown very very explicitly that they are one use which is very kind of makes this a little weird um uh here's a here's a longer one for you that's uh i think is another good one um harry subdues imperious chrome with stupefy then sends up red sparks for the maze guards to then get him <laughs> What was stopping all the champions from just stunning each other and sending up sparks <laughs> of the location and then moving on? Theoretically, another if you good meet, question. Yeah. 
Theoretically, if you meet one of the other champions in the maze, you can just fire a stunning spell at them, then send at red sparks. Then the maze guards will come into the location of the sparks and retrieve whichever champion was at that location. This is what Harry did to, to Crumb. So couldn't any of any and all of the champions have done this, and it would have been a ridiculously easy way to cheat? Meet someone else in the maze, fire stupefy at them, fire up sparks in the location, move. Uh, and the guards are apparently none the wiser on who shot the sparks, and they'll collect the champion at the location and disqualify them from the task. And Moreover, don't say... <laughs> we don't have any reason to think that would even be against the rules. Right, because we don't know. Yeah, like I said, th th I know I'm really, really leaning on this, but I think it is important. The fact that, like, Harry was just able to burn a hole in the hedge and just, like, just walk through it, like, sure indicates to me that there just seem to be no rules here. Like, couldn't it have at least been enchanted? Like, oh, this is a magic hedge and you can't walk through it. Like, like, that seems a little weird, right? Yes. Um. Anyway, continuing on. And don't say they could have found out whose wand those sparks came from because evidently, no, they couldn't. If they could do that, then they would have known Harry's wand sent up the sparks, not Crumb's, and would have known what happened, revived Crumb, let him continue and disqualify Harry instead of Crumb. If they could have done that, Harry would never have been able to send out sparks just for them to pick up Crumb. So that means it's possible to just subdue another champion, send up sparks, disqualify from them in the tournament, as long as you move out of the area before the guards come to collect. So why would this not have been the strategy of every champion? This is such a tough thing for me because I think that the maze is the first time that I care. Because in the first two tasks, I feel like the book really leaned into the absurdity of what was going on, the no real sane point system, no <laughs> apparent rules, right? Like, yeah, it's fine if Harry summons his broom from his dorm and flies around the dragon, and we love it, actually. It, like, yeah, it's fine if he brings brings Gillyweed to the task that he has for some reason, like, bought it on mail order, I guess. Um, and this is, like, the first time where it seems like there are just, like, these arbitrary rules that are, are <laughs> there, like, not because they've been told to Harry, but only just, like, as, like, some sort of assumption like we're supposed to assume that there are rules but the book has given us no reason to think that's the case and in <laughs> fact what like, they are is the like, opposite yeah yeah and I, and I think that that is that is the charm of the first couple tasks is that it is just like a fucking insane free-for-all right like <laughs> yeah and and it kind of couches that in absurdity and then this one is so serious and there's rules but we don't know what they are um and also harry doesn't like think like it's not like harry considers flying over the maze with his no. broom no he doesn't uh yeah it's just it it, it, it I, I i think you hit on the most important thing there which is that like the other ones are all absurd too but it like it leans into that and and works yeah and even then does more to say something about harry i mean the first yeah. one more tenuous but you know harry is is going through like he's super anxious for the task and he's he's really worried but um we learn something about him or rather we revisit something about him which is that he feels at home while he's flying and mm -hmm. And like that leaves all of his troubles behind. And in the second task, we learn something about Harry, which is his like weird savior complex, and that you know he gets overwhelmed and thinks that it's a very serious thing that's happening. Um, and this one gets rid of all the absurdity and also all of that. So it's like kind of a double whammy. 
Uh, the top reply here is they couldn't harm each other and they would definitely be able to tell who sent up the sparks. Literally, the Why? premise of this scene is that Crumb Crucio Cedric. So what the Why fuck? Wouldn't they, why? Why wouldn't they be able to harm each other? Why would they not be able to harm each other? They just... He, he used the fucking spell in the damn maze. This is a mess. This book is a mess. Um, This just plays into the thing we've been talking about, how uh, we're, we're not actually sure that people on the Harry Potter subreddit reread the books as often as they like to say they do. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm reading I... this book once and it makes no fucking sense to me. <laughs> All right, uh, that's all I have from Reddit. Um, and uh, thank you, Reddit. And think, yeah, thank you, Reddit. I think uh, before we wrap up here, let's just um, move on from Reddit. Let's cleanse the palate. We've been doing a lot of work here. We've been doing a lot of uh, uh, answering Reddit's questions over the past few episodes. Uh, I think it's time for us to kind of kick back and hear someone else's explanation um, of something. Oh, right? yeah. Great. I think so. Pottermore.com, our favorite website. Yeah. Has published why being a Legilimens isn't all it's cracked up to be. Uh oh. Wouldn't it be amazing if you could see inside other people's minds? On second thoughts, probably not. This is so incredible to me because this does not, this premise is immediately uh, uh, funny to me. Like, like. I no, that's like I, I sounds horrible to not be able to turn off, like not be able to like stop hearing people. That's thoughts. not like, what a legilimens is. That's not what it is. That's never oh, what it was. I forgot. I, okay, you know, because I'm thinking of the Queenie I'm, thing, but you're right. I forgot. Yeah. This is even funny. Uh, like, sorry, I, sorry to go on this epic rant once again about how in Fantastic Beasts it just changes what a legilimens is with no explanation. I forgot about that. Fuck. I'm sorry. It would have been so easy. I'm I'm like Queenie is like a legilimens, but she was damaged in an accident and now she can't stop doing it. How hard is that? It takes like two seconds. (laughs) I forgot. I'm sorry. Is Snape going around uncontrollably reading everyone's mind all the time? Is Is that that what's happening? Maybe that's why he's such a bitch to everyone. He's (sighs) just like overhearing too many thoughts. He's got a headache. Okay, all right, let's get into this. Let's see if okay, let's see which side this falls down on then. Now I'm now I'm like double curious cuz I'd forgotten that there was like a split in in like what the fuck Legilimens was. What do Professor Snape, Queenie Goldstein, Lord Voldemort and the Sorting Hat all have in common? Not much at all apart from a rare ability that allows them to read a person's thoughts. That's great if you're a piece of headwear specializing in school administration, but for the rest of us, life as a Legilimens would be tougher than you'd expect. First of all, though, what exactly is, or rather isn't, legilimency? Okay, here we fucking go. That's a good fucking question. Here we fucking go. Please enlighten me. Only muggles talk of mind reading. The mind is not a book, only to be opened at will and examined at leisure. Uh, Thoughts are not etched on the inside of skulls to be perused by any invader. The mind is a complex and many-layered thing, Potter, or at least most minds are. That's from Order of the Phoenix. Epic Snape snark aside, this does help explain things. Legilimens doesn't seem see as fuck. Legilimens don't see a stream of coherent and well formatted sentences laid out before them because that's not the way humans think. Thoughts are intermingled with emotions, memories, sensations, and whatever annoying tune just popped into your heads. Legilimens must hear a lot of advertising jingles. 
Oh, I'm I'm on the edge of my seat now waiting to to find out whether it's going to say that Snape was hearing everyone's thoughts all the time. They're kind of playing he it wasn't. close to the vest here. They're playing it really <laughs> close to the vest here. Who knows? There's no doubt this skill would come in handy at times. It certainly helped Queenie and Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. When? But it would be well because she knew that guy was horny. Um and she 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 said, "Hey, Mister, she, she needed to read his mind for that." <laughs> um, but it would also be a real headache, maybe literally, thanks to all those noisy thoughts buzzing around. Here are a few reasons why legitimacy might not be no fun at all. Okay, we still don't know. We still don't know. Mm. This is exciting. Trust is the key to friendship, but how do you trust someone who can pry into your deepest, darkest secrets without permission? Even if you're Legilman's BFF, promise to respect your... Pro- oh, okay, hang on. We have a clue here. This is this is coming down on, on the right side. This is coming down on it's a, it's a power, right? Yeah. Like, like the, an ability that you do consciously. Uh, uh, especially when you're getting emotional about something, apparently this makes people easier to read. Most people wouldn't want to get too close to a Legilman's no matter how friendly they were. It spoke volumes that someone as kind and charming as Queenie Goldstein didn't seem to have many friends besides Tina, and even though she seemed uncomfortable around her sister at times. When talking to Pottermore about playing Illegilimans, Allison Sudol said it can make you feel quite lonely to have something that differentiates you from people like that. Aw, poor Queenie. Uh, that was them saying that, not me. Um, oh. Uh... Severus Snape had a slight natural ability as a Legilimens, and we we know oh, he didn't have... Oh, come on! No! No! <laughs> <laughs> and we know he didn't have the happiest childhood. Imagine feeling the mirth of your bullies as they mocked you while hearing all the names they wouldn't dare call you out loud. <laughs> or knowing no. your best friend. Or knowing your best friend who you developed secret romantic feelings for was daydreaming about someone else. We don't know exactly how young Severus experienced the world, but legitimacy may have made his school day extra miserable. This is the worst retcon I've ever heard. Everyone's like, oh, I'm mad that Voldemort had a baby. Like, that's... No, this is the worst retcon. No! Oh my god. Well, this is so weird because this is this is like <sighs> flipping it sideways and saying that the, the queen can he control casts. hers, but he literally but... puts his wand in your face and says the magic words and it happens. That's how magic works in this universe. <laughs> and yet, Professor, I was going to Snape... give. I, I, I'm sorry. I was going to give this the benefit of the doubt and be like, you know what? Yeah, wizards can like learn spells to turn themselves, like turn their hair purple or whatever. And then Tonks was born with like this innate ability to do it. So maybe it's like that. Maybe Snape learned legitimacy in a book, but maybe you can also be born with like some kind of inherent difficult to control thing. But boy, I wish they had like written a line in there to make that like what it is. But yeah. no, they're they're like retconning other characters <sighs> I'm just scrolling through the rest of this article because it's just really fucking long honestly um uh after the snape stuff it's it goes into another section called dating would be awkward uh and 
uh, it has the quote from Fantastic Beasts where Queenie says, hey, Jacob, I see you're horny or whatever. Um, Queenie Goldstein was a confident witch who didn't happen to be self-conscious about her body. Good for her, but that isn't the case for everyone. Unwanted attention can feel awful, especially when it comes from complete strangers or people you don't like. Who's to say Queenie was comfortable with it all the time either? Why are they writing this? Why are they doing this? Pottermore. Pottermore, my favorite website, has done it again. This is the worst thing they've ever written. Aside from the spew thing. Um, uh, as a legilimens, you'd be forgiven for wanting to avoid human contact altogether, never mind turning down the second date. Womp womp. I added the womp womp that time. They didn't put that yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh the last section is it could drive you absolutely mad so okay so never mind this article does come down on the retcon side i'm so sorry to tell you i reject this i uh that's not how it is in the harry potter books <laughs> and it never fucking was would you would you like to know what this has to say about voldemort's legitimate powers yeah, please. Yeah, sure. Not that we're at all sympathetic to the Dark Lord, but just think of what his powerful agilimency talents would have done to his sanity. The more often he heard thoughts of betrayal, however fleeting or insincere, the more he would have feared mutiny. He would have ended up seeing are a potential you, traitor at every turn. Are you kidding me? By the end, he must have been utterly paranoid. His solution to kill loads of people is, of course, not recommended. I, you know, Voldemort is such a funny character. I know we've talked about this before, and and I like to bring it up because, like, as a villain, he's pulled in so many different directions that don't yeah. make any sense. It's like half the time he's like a sociopath, psychopath, right? Like that's yeah. fine. I don't care. Like he's just evil, and he wants to kill people. He wants to torture people. Like that's that's his thing. He's like fucking like Ted Bundy wizard. Whatever. Don't <laughs> care. Um. Also, sometimes it's because he was abused right like orphanage yeah. like that like tragic backstory type of thing and then part of the time it's because he was conceived by love potion although according Oof. to jk rowling herself it that was symbolism um right but like if he had been raised by by his real his bio mom or whatever then he wouldn't God. have turned out this way yeah, um, yeah and then like some of the time he's like like wants to become immortal which is just like a different goal right like like a different goal with different motivations right he's an ends justifies um, the means guys and guy in those scenes right yeah like, yeah and then like sometimes he's a psychopath because his soul is split up but that doesn't really track because it's like well wasn't he already a psychopath to like have had to do that like it, do it doesn't make sense like he's being pulled in all these different directions and i think it is so bold of pottermore to just add another one like sure he also <laughs> just went crazy because he was hearing everybody's thoughts and it made him really paranoid <laughs> he's just you he's can't just, just do that He's hearing too many thoughts, just too much thinking. Like, like I already felt like this character was so like for a a like very goofy cartoon villain kind of guy. Like, and I, I don't don't hear this as a criticism. Like, I think that a like one dimensional like evil villain guy that's just like he's evil, especially in a story where Dumbledore is like 
the moral good character like of course Voldemort is the the moral evil character yeah uh, and he represents like a lot of things that are evil like the desire no, to live I, forever I, I, and like I like a good not... a good one-dimensional villain who's just like fun you know like like a fun evil bad guy or whatever like that works yeah. sure and I think like the attempts of these books to make him more three-dimensional do a disservice to his character pulling him in all these different directions um so I like can't even reckon with this like additional like cherry on top of like oh also he's so paranoid because he has to hear everyone's thoughts when I'm pretty sure we see him cast the spell right like like the 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 like he tries to cast that... on Harry I thought is like wh- what the like isn't that the entire premise of Order of the Phoenix is like yo I'll, he's I'll gonna try to go. this yeah yeah I'll have to find out because I think I'm mixing up like because legitimacy is in fan fiction a lot so i like am not quite i like have to go back and see what's in the actual books um but like the way that the books treat legitimacy is so fundamentally different than what is happening to queenie right yeah. like because like i honestly I, like the idea of queenie's situation where it's like she just has this like she has like this thought spigot that she can't turn off and like she she just has to hear everyone's bullshit all the time and like that's a really interesting idea that's just not this right like 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 this isn't a stat like can just be a different thing just call it something else call it it could have even happened because of it like someone legitimized her and it like fucked her up and now she just like here like there's so many like possible ways to do this without i mean it's magic there, there there are so many ways to do this without like undermining your own like narrative device yeah yeah that's it's incredible it's, it's very weird thank you pottermore for uh for maybe the second worst article that's ever been on harry here. potter continues to outdo itself it's it's I'm, a, I'm a little bit in shock by this we will uh, we will never post. run out we will never run out of harry potter bullshit it's so good yeah i apologize for my epic rant i couldn't help i, I love, the I love stuff in fantastic rant. beasts is like maybe my least favorite just like you can't do that it's it's just it it reminds me so much of the weakest parts of JK Rowling's writing, where it's just like you invent thing, give it rules and then bring it back to do something different just for no reason, just cause like the plot wanted it to. Yeah. Just cause the, the plot needs the rules to be broken. So here we but go. The, but yeah, the thing that just yeah. kills me about it is that it's mad. Like you can just make something up. Like it's, it's not, <laughs> it's, yes, I, I, yeah, there's, there's yes. no, it's like, again, like, I feel like I keep giving his examples of, like, why Queenie might hear everyone's thoughts. And you could just make that up. There are, like, there are, there are infinite possibilities as to why that might be that aren't just, like, fucking gut-punching your previous work to make that, <laughs> to make, that make sense. I just... <laughs> oh, agreed. Agreed. Well... Uh, thank you for the epic rant, actually. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> um, I think I think it is time to bring it to the close. We've we've had a yeah. lot of rants this week, and I'm excited to. Well, I'm quote unquote excited to read the rest of this book. So I will take it to the close. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Uh, huge thanks to them for letting us use that as our theme song. You can check it out and their other songs on Bandcamp. 
uh, you can check us out on patreon.com slash shriekcast. We have so much good bonus content. Look, I'm going to level with you. I'm playing Kingdom Hearts 3. You're probably playing <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3. If you want to hear us talk about Kingdom Hearts 3, we can do that. We can we can make that happen if you give us $3 or more on Patreon. We 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 have we have that power. Um uh reviews on iTunes, we like those. Blah 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 blah. Liz, what are we reading next week? So we are in the final stretch. We really are. We are in the final stretch of Gobbler Fire, uh, the fourth installment in the Harry Potter series. And for next week, just by the nature of the ending of this book, I am trying to split it up by kind of plot event. So we have Mm -hmm. a bit, we have a bit of a reading. Um, I'm, we are going to be doing three chapters. Uh, the first one is chapter 32, Flesh, Blood, and Bone. Um, and then we will read chapter 33, which is called The Death Eaters. Uh, and we'll finish out our reading next week with chapter 34, uh, which is Latin magic words that I don't want to say. Priori incantatum. Oh, I didn't practice. I usually practice all of the like made up magic words and i was not prepared so um prior incantation is what i'm gonna say yes and that's our that's our reading yeah it sounds like a lot and it kind of is but also that first chapter is like five pages yeah it's like three to five pages or something it's like it's like a scene it's really just a chapter for like having that dramatic effect it's it's a thousand perfect notes ass chapter Oh um, yeah. Um so this I'm really looking forward to our next episode cuz this is going to be our Voldemort episode. This is like Voldemort is here and he's kind of a character. Yeah. Uh, for, the, for, for the first time ever. Yeah, I'm excited to read this and kind of get a get a, get a I I honestly I have so little recollection of what he's like in the books. Um this is kind of exciting. Yeah, and and in the back of my mind when he's doing his evil little cartoon uh villain rant, I'll be like you know, he's probably so paranoid because he just can't stop hearing <laughs> people's thoughts. He's just hearing people's thoughts. Well, you know, if if I was a Death Eater, which I'm not, but if I was, and I was hanging out around Voldemort, the thing he would be hearing me say right now is, please read another book. Please read another book. ocean rules seem tame, but I know what you're after if you catch a eye. Because this hot mama... Is just a cat in disguise